Welcome to the MBI Edge podcast, where we explore the backgrounds of interesting individuals and how they intersect with our building industry in Iowa. I'm your host, Ben Hammes, and I'm going to bring to you topics that help educate, develop, grow, and enhance you and your company. Hi, Tara. Hi, Ben. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So do an introduction for the audience, please. Sure. So I'm Tara Reinhardt, and newly an Iowan again. I was in born in Iowa, in Grinnell, Iowa, and have been away for some time, last in Indiana for the last 20 years, in the educational administration field. So lastly, assistant superintendent in a public school district. Prior to that, I was a director of student services in a large urban district right outside of Indianapolis. And prior to that, I worked for the Department of Education, was a elementary principal, um, also teacher, and that takes me back to Arizona State University, where I went to college and really took me away from Iowa. Well, we're very happy to have you on the team. Many of you out there listening to the podcast have heard us talk about Tara. She's our new director of industry education, and she is a, an excellent team member. We're so excited to have her. She's been with us now for about a month, um, and she's hit the job hard. She's hit the ground running. She's innovative. She's transformational. We've really enjoyed having her here, and she brings a whole new perspective to uh, some of our programming and education and what we're able to offer the membership. So we're very excited. But we thought we'd take a few minutes for this podcast episode to sort of introduce her to you all and then leave you with some contact information so you can get directly in touch with Tara on how we can help assist you and your company. So first question I have, hard-hitting what magical powers does a superintendent hold that an assistant superintendent does not? Wow. Well, they get the calls at 1 o'clock in the morning, and then they call us. I'm sure the super assistants get pulled in on those. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. Anytime okay. there's weather, anytime there's an accident, a death, um, any kind of situation that it's an emergency. It's Okay. The, you know, we, we are the firemen and women okay. of the school district. So. Is that pretty common to have two superintendents or do you, I mean, no, I don't even know how Iowa high schools would, would, yeah. treat, would have that. Yeah. So most school districts have a superintendent and then there's the superintendent's cabinet. And that just kind of depends on the size of the district. Um, you know, every state kind of does it a little differently, has a different executive leadership team, just like any company would. And so in our district, the last district I was in, we had multiple assistant superintendents who all focused in certain areas. Um, mine was special education, section 504 with the Office of Civil Rights. And then you obviously do a whole lot of other things. One of my main goals last year was strategic planning process. And so I was able to lead our community through the strategic planning process because we hadn't done it in some time. Mm. And one of my passions is making sure voices are at the table and we're, we're gaining insights and feedback in directing those of us in a leadership dis decision-making position to really be the hands and feet of those that don't have a seat at the table. Um, your passion for education is unmatched. It comes across in our daily interactions. But what drew you to the teaching field in the very beginning? Why did you pursue the path that you did? Well, like every kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. Okay. And um, remember in fourth grade when, uh, you know, our, the first teacher got to go up into space. And unfortunately, that was the shuttle explosion. And um, the day I was born. Yeah, I'm older than you, Ben. Yeah, I know. It's okay. Um, 
just see more seasons. That's what my we'll parents say. remind me of all the time. Yes. So um, from then on, uh, didn't know what I wanted to do. Loved science and math and the written word. And so just kind of took me to high school. Um, one of my, my uncle had a serious car accident and had a traumatic brain injury, ended up passing from it. Mm. And so kind of was immersed in that world. But um, my senior year, I started offering up my time in an elementary classroom that was students with pretty significant disabilities, mm. fell in love, mm-hmm. and that took me on a trajectory that I hadn't really planned for, but was very um, successful and just had a heart for it. And I think when you have a heart for something and you're passionate about it, it doesn't feel like a job. It just feels like what you are meant to be. And um, I'm a galvanizer enabler, if you follow the working genius. And uh, that definitely is a position that is a good fit for someone kind of God gave me those strengths and I got to use them every day. Well, we're happy to be able to use those strengths because that is something we lacked, I think, here, even when we were, um, you know, amongst the staff and trying to figure out what everybody's strengths and qualities Mm -hmm. were and their weaknesses. And the galvanizing aspect is something that's really uh, been fun to watch just in a short month since you've been here. But what since what have you learned? I mean, about construction. Do you mean you knew nothing about this beforehand? Now, let me back up. You have a son who's in the field uh, going back to school to you and I. Um, but what, what stuck out to you so far about the industry and and the membership both? Yeah. One of the things that, um, definitely drew me to this position, um, for sure was my son. So I have three kids. Um, my middle guy didn't love school. And so that was really hard for me as a public educator. Mm -hmm. And I just saw the struggles that he went through. So intelligent. I mean, he is one of the smartest kids I've ever met. And I've met a lot of kids through my years in schools and just it wasn't a good fit for him and so um to be able to bring that you know my knowledge about education and how people learn and how we could do a better job i think is is really one of the reasons that mbi in this position particularly was quite an interest to me um i think you know there's so much we can do to ignite kind of that spark in every person we get to educate and and work with and it's just really finding their inner passions that that will make it so it's not just a job but it's something that they wake up and they want to do every day and make a difference because the construction industry when you think about it it touches so many people more you know I I always used to say in education everyone had a teacher at some point but really everyone has has been influenced or impacted by a construction worker and so when you think about those two professions, for me, it, it is about giving back and being able to do that. And I think we have such widespread influence in this industry. The other piece is mental health. Um, all throughout the last few leadership years, um, my job was to write grants, secure grants, so that we could provide mental health services to our students and staff. And that was something, again, I'm, I'm extremely passionate about making sure everybody feels well and can really function at their very best. And when you're not feeling well, whether it's financially, physically, emotionally, socially, you're not able to do what God made you to do. So I think that's the piece that, um, again, I, I bring that as well as, as an expertise or a strength 
that um, really being able to provide services and being able to have the conversation. Typically, I had staff that would say, you know, I don't really want to talk to a counselor, but I kind of like talking to you. You know, can we work, work through this and can you help provide resources? And um, just being a listening ear, I think, is so important. And so being able to model that for other leaders, even within the construction industry, you know, that's something that I, I definitely want to bring to the table and in our work here and being able to help the leaders understand how to have the conversation because it's not an easy one. Mm-hmm. So what do you think the future of our educational programming looks like? Are you going to radically transform the uh, the offerings that we're providing, or how are you going to approach this? Well, this, this year my challenge has been to um, kind of evaluate everything we do and everything we offer. Um, we, you know, that we don't want to throw everything out if it's working. We definitely want to be innovative, and we want to make sure we're planning for the next 10 years and, and ahead of the schedule. Um, so I think there will be a close look to see if there are some innovations that need to happen and transformations. But I also know that there is the historical perspective. Anytime I, when I moved into the assistant superintendent job, it was very important that I didn't just start making change. Mm-hmm. You know, as a good leader, you always, you always just listen, watch, evaluate, ask questions, understand, mm-hmm. and then go into action. And so I think that's the best, best way for me to really take hold of, you know, what we have been doing and what our future looks like. My hope is to um, really hear the voices again, mm-hmm. using my strategic planning process and strategies of focus groups and empathy interviews and working with others that have been through some of our leadership series, understanding how many people are really joining us in webinars. The Microsoft series has been a huge hit. We've had over 250 almost every session. And so that's something people are wanting and using. And so how applicable is the work we're doing? And then what does the follow-up look like? Because if we're sitting in a series and, and people are giving their time of you know two full days or four, four full days for a series, and then what? You know, we, we need to keep that moving, whether it's virtual book studies or learning communities um, where I'm available to do some coaching and really work with with staff to to keep that knowledge moving forward. Mm-hmm. And you, you almost get there, but keep nudging it to being fully invested in you as a leader. Well, I think I love about this industry. I think a lot of our people listening to would agree that. We may not be the most open, discussing, you know, type of open personalities, mm-hmm. but they are continuous learners. They love to learn. Our people love to learn. They love to get better. They love to improve. They know that the more that they put into it in the front will help them in their personal lives. And I think you're going to find that out if you haven't already. Yeah, I have. Yeah, they, they have said that. They, they want applicable learning. Right that they can use on the job site tomorrow, that's something that's hands-on, that's not just theoretical, but show me in action. What does this look like and what's the benefit? Yeah. Well, Tara's an open book. She wants to be helpful. She's going to be here uh, for you all. If there are ideas, um, things you want to bring to the table, things you think MBI can can provide, um, whether it's to yourself or whether it's to your company, your, your group of employees. Tara's going to figure out how to get it done. She will. We're confident in that. 
but we just wanted to spend a few minutes today to introduce her to you. Is there anything else you'd like to say? No, I'm just very grateful. So how would somebody reach out to you? So you can um, use my cell phone number. I'm, I'm out and about a lot and definitely within um, all of my classes, you know, I, I try to really sit in and be a part, be a participant in the class because that's going to help me to best know what changes or shifts we, we might want to make. So you can reach out to, to me that way. Also, um, through the website, all of my information is there. And again, you can find my cell phone number, my email address. Um, if I don't get back to you, give me a little grace because that means I'm probably helping someone else or I'm in a class. But um, very excited to work alongside everyone and, and just you know make, make a difference. Yep. Well, that's great. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here today. Um, if you have any thoughts, suggestions, please get a hold of us. And we look forward to seeing you at the annual winter conference coming up in a month. Um, if you haven't got your registration sent in, um, you know, please do that. The classrooms are starting to fill up. Um, we only have so much space in each one. Um, you know, some of the highlights we're doing a project manager boot camp this year, and I think we have 60 people already signed up for that full two day session. And so, if you're looking at those opportunities for the winter conference, please don't delay. We we will fill up in certain areas, and we'd hate to miss out if, you, if you're on the sidelines. So make sure you get those registrations sent into us ASAP. And with that, Tara, we'll get back to work, and we'll see you all around in the circuit. It's been real. If you're a young project engineer, we have a really exciting series coming up. Our project engineer development series, Building Quality Construction Workflow Skills. We're going to be gathering on March 4th and March 5th, March 4th being a full day, March 5th being a half day. And then again on April 8th and April 9th, April 8th being a full day and April 9th being a half day. This is an engineering or project engineering course that's equally beneficial to GC, subs, and design professionals. You'll learn things like the role of the project engineer, construction industry overview, project delivery methods, the project life cycle, early project requirements, and key workflows within the project life cycle. In order to register for this series, please go on our website, www.mbi.build. And we look forward to seeing you.